Hey, Roman, how's it going? Doing good. How are you doing, man? Good, good. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining this morning. Thanks for coming on. Oh, it's my pleasure. I didn't anticipate being on the road. I had a uh, someone call in sick, and then I had to run and return some gear. So I hope this is okay. It's not ideal, but yeah, no, it's all good. Thanks for uh, the accommodation. Um, and I'll I'll let you out of here. I, I won't take up too much of your time. So uh, tell me a little bit about Lumen Bright. How how did this idea come about? And um, I. I noticed that you guys are doing uh, it's digital training, right? So we have uh, I saw After Effects on there, Photoshop, um, those type of things. Tell me a little bit how how it came about. Sure. So we've been in business for about twenty years. <clears throat> Actually, in October it's our twenty year anniversary. Um, <laughs> That's not- awesome. I haven't even planned anything special, but we should probably, you know, make a hoodie or something. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> man. You got to capitalize on that. Yeah. Yeah, I know. For celebration. Yeah, it is. Um, it's been, it's been, the business itself is, is morphed into many different things over the years, kind of chasing the work as opposed to trying to just be a rigid company that says, this is what we do. And, and if work doesn't materialize, then I guess we'll go out of business. You know, it's, it's always, it's shifted, you know, so <clears throat> we actually, in 2000, before the company started, uh, I was actually an electrician and I was working for my father's business, electrical contracting. And the idea was I was supposed to uh, essentially become a partner, but that didn't seem like it was going to happen after working there for 10 years. So I was living in this middle of nowhere, little town. It's the westernmost tip of Texas called Anthony, Texas. It's actually got like New Mexico and Texas. If you can really over. Yeah. Uh, which makes it really weird nowadays because pot is legal in New Mexico, but not in Texas. So you can just like mm. walk over. Anyways, it, it's weird because uh, it's just right there. There's no like big grandiose entrance or anything, but um, somehow kismet. Uh, I came across these uh, programs uh, it was actually Macromedia, and they made a program that you probably remember, Flash. Remember Flash? <laughs> Very familiar, yep. Yep, those are the days, the good old days. Yeah. And um, I had a friend that was teaching, and uh, anyway, so he – and but it was happening, like, close to me. It was really unusual. It was a really odd thing, and I just, like, was – ah, I was, like, amazed by these programs. They were so awesome. And it just really opened my mind. And I was trying to build a site for the company business, you know what I mean? And, and then I found Flash. So um, I taught myself the programs because I wanted to become a teacher for this small company that was teaching. Uh, but they didn't have it together. And they actually, the deal was you paid them so much money and then they would teach your class and then you would become an instructor eventually. So I spent all the money I had doing that, and I got a terrible class from them. And uh, anyways, long story short, I ended up taking things in my own hands, and I started teaching myself the programs. And I had a friend that was had a, a, an authorized training center out of uh, Phoenix, and he uh, would hire me to come and do those gigs. But uh, it was hard in El Paso because that's oh, – Anthony was right next to El Paso. El Paso is the westernmost tip, right? It's really hard out there to, because there's not 
unless you have a burrito shop or a bar or something like that, or you're, <laughs> you're doing like government work. Yeah. Uh, it, there's like, you know, you can't just open up some cool tech business there. It's really difficult. And the yeah. mindset there is kind of not really as progressive as say, you know, Austin or you know, any big city really. So I started a photography business that didn't go well. I closed, had to close. I had a couple, you know, false starts. And meanwhile, I was uh, working still full time for my dad's company. And um, I had twins on the way. I already had two of the daughters. I had four daughters and I had to get my shit together, you know? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. And so I was trying real hard and I was like, I need money. That's what I need. Because yeah. I had a dream. I had this dream. I kept having this reoccurring dream of, of this like cool coffee shop in the front that would attract people. And then inside there was like this state-of-the-art digital design training classes, you know. And so I kept having that vision. And I was like, there's no way you need money for that. And so uh, I found a grant that uh, under the George Bush's administration – it was under the No Child Left Behind Act, and I think I was a child because they, they, you know, they were leaving me behind. <laughs> so I was like, "Help! I need money!" And uh, it was an unusual program because it was for profit or nonprofit companies. Most grants are for nonprofits. Okay. You know, yeah, and I was a for-profit company, so I, I applied for the grant. I did my best job, and I failed. It didn't get. It got rejected. And it was a good, it was like right under 200 grand. Okay. Which was like more money than I had. Yeah, seen, yeah. You know? That's a lot like, of money. Yeah, life yeah. changing, really. Really. And like you tell people that sometimes, right? You're like, oh, it's a lot of money. And, and I was telling people, I don't even know how much money that is. And they're like, well, it's 200 grand. And I'm like, no, I, like, I don't know what you can do with that much money. Yeah, right. It's hard you to contextualize. Uh, and, you know, most people think, oh, I'd buy a car. You know, I could you know, do this and that. And it's like, well, it's really not that much money in business. Yeah. You know, no, no, not, not when people are raising hundreds of millions of dollars to, you know, start oh, their, yeah. start their companies, especially now um, with, with how yeah. big tech is and everything, you know, you need a, not a lot of capital to start, start things up. So, oh, yeah. uh, so you were in basically El Paso, Anthony, Texas, you started this up Um and then from there, did it move to Austin or, or what was the journey kind of like from there? No. So we, uh, we applied for the grant again and I got some, my brother uh, was a teacher at the time and he had a, a contact with a superintendent that wrote grants in Arizona. Okay. Uh, a really good man, uh, Tony DeLalo. He, he came out and he helped me and we rewrote the whole thing. He's like, you're making a business plan, Roman. And you don't want a business plan. You need a grant. I'm like, yeah, but isn't the same thing? He's like, no, those people don't want fixed information. They want lofty, you know, pie in the sky things. And I was like, that doesn't make sense. And so we did. We made, I felt like BS to me, you know what I mean? But it was to start a community technology center that would take disadvantaged youths and put them through a six-week program of mm-hmm. web design where they would learn uh, Macromedia Dreamweaver, Flash, and it was Fireworks at the time. Those are the three programs. Nice. Uh, one of those is completely gone. Actually, two of those are completely gone now. And the third one is barely holding on. 
Uh, Adobe just didn't do a very good job of, of taking care of those programs because yeah. Adobe bought those programs from okay. Macromedia. Yeah. And uh, they, I mean, they had Flash, which was like the most awesome thing in the world, and they loved that one. Um, and even Steve Jobs told at one point, he said, Adobe is lazy. He said that publicly because <laughs> they weren't doing what it was necessary to make that program uh, usable on a mobile device, you know? Yeah. Um, but anyway, so we tried a second time and with the help of United Way, actually, one of the grant writers there, we won the grant and, uh, I took that money and I started with my own money and that money because you have to match the funds. So I used whatever money I had and, and a lot of it's in kind, it was just your labor. Mm -hmm. And so I, uh, I went big and they say, go big or go home or whatever, you know? Sure. Yeah. And so my brother told me that because I was going to go find some little rat hole to do this in to make the money last, you know? Yeah. And uh, now I found this, this like really, this place in downtown El Paso, because downtown El Paso used to be the shit, okay, back in the old <laughs> days, right? And now it's, it's getting better, but um, it's getting much better. Yeah, I can only imagine. Yeah. I yeah. Can only imagine, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, like in the 50s and 60s, you know? Oh, um, shoot. You weren't, you weren't, you weren't, you weren't running around in the 50s and 60s, were you? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't yeah, want to date you, but I the gray hair there. Yeah, <laughs> no, those, those are fresh grays, my man. Yeah, yeah. No, you know, I mean, that's, that's, what, that's what I was told. You know what I mean? Like, parents or grandparents were like, it didn't used to be this way. Yeah. It was better, you know? And they have all these really fond memories, you know? There were streetcars and, and there was outdoor cafes and it's cool stuff, you know? Yeah. But um, it, when I had moved in there, it was really bad. A lot of just most of the buildings were just dilapidated. And I found one that was built, I think, in like 1918 or something like that. It's a multi-story, beautiful building across the street from the Wells Fargo Bank. It looks sad, but I was able to get a great lease there. And I, since I, you know, was in construction, I was an electrical contractor and as a builder in the Navy, I knew how to make things. So I was able to save a lot of money and I redid the whole space. It was about a 2,000, I think 2,000, 2,500 square foot space. And I redid it. I built a cafe in the front. I had a small theater. And this was really a presentation room. But I found these theater seats that were legit theater street seats. Mm -hmm. And uh, we had a training lab. And so we started what was called uh, Lumen Bright Cafe. Okay. Uh, which was, uh, no one knew this because in El Paso people are a little bit like you know, that whole crab analogy, you know. Mm, crabs in uh, a bucket, yep. They'll reach up, pull you down. Yep. So I was real covert about where I'd gotten my money from, even yeah. though they could have Googled it and found it, you know, or, mm -hmm. or whatever we used back in those days. Yeah. Well, that was what, 2004, 2003-ish? 2003, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, Google Google was just in the <laughs> scene, you know, people weren't, yeah. weren't into it. Nowadays, I feel like people Google everything, but back then it's kind of, I feel like you probably had a lot of people opposing getting on the internet, you know? You're right. It, it was It was young. You know, yeah. but uh, no, we put through over 300 kids in our program. We're only supposed to let the program last for one year, mm -hmm. but it lasted. We made we let the funds last for two years, and it was a, a, a Department of Education grant. The cafe was run through my own money and whatever money the cafe earned, but it was it was top notch. We had food and we had the best coffee drinks, 
we used this coffee company out of Chicago called Intelligentsia, which is still around nowadays, but now they're mm-hmm. kind of more more mainstream. Back then, they were cool and hip, you know? Yeah. And uh, oh, it was awesome. And so let me ask, um, so, you, so you did end up doing the coffee shop, right? That's what it sounds like. You had a cafe, so you had coffee and, and food. Um, so, mm-hmm. that, that, so that part of the vision definitely came to life. Um, and then I had a question in regards to uh, the kids. How are you finding the kids to be able to, you know, get, basically help with this program? So we were going to the different school districts and we were supposed to be looking for just disadvantaged at-risk kids. That was the deal. Mm-hmm. But in the, in the schools identifying them as that or, or how, how are they being categor- categorized that way? Oh, basically, there's a lot of schools that uh, have large populations that the demographics are basically like 70 to 80% of the population fits that criteria. Okay. So we went to those schools initially. And, but the problem is a lot of those types of kids are not great students, you know, and they just don't, they have a really, they have a lot of baggage with them. And so we had a real hard time with those kids and targeting just some kid that was like, I don't want to do anything. Or they would start problems or fights. And I'm like, this isn't, this isn't high school, middle school, yeah. not a public school. So. I changed the focus and I said, I'll accept anyone that's willing to commit the time and has a vision and just a desire and a want. And so we got, we were going, we went to all the different high schools in the area. Well, not all of them, but we went to a lot. And uh, some of them, a lot of the schools would reject us because they thought that we had some kind of like prior, you know, some motive or whatever. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, we got funding to do this program. And, yeah. Some of them were kind of like, well, we have our own web design program. And I'm like, okay, yeah. you know, uh, we're certified trainers. You know what I mean? We've been building at the same time we were building sites, you know, I don't even know how much I had the energy, how I had so much energy back then. Really? I have no idea how I did it. Now that's the good uh, old hustle. Um, and yeah. And you had the, the job too. So yeah, you were, you were definitely juggling both, both endeavors. Um, when you say we, who's, who's the other Who's I had, party or... Well, I had uh, I had my I had some employees that I had hired, um, and they were really instrumental in helping me. In fact, one of them st- is still with me today. Uh, he's okay. Uh, he, I hired him in 2004, and he was you know just a really young pup, and yeah, he's he's a master nowadays at everything he does. But um, it was, you know, I think I had stopped working at my dad's business at that point. And so I was able to focus all my attention on it. But um, one of the problems we had is the cafe was a pain in the butt. Because running a cafe, I don't know how Starbucks does it, but uh, it's, not luc- it's not lucrative. Yeah. yeah. You, it is if you're uh, upcharging the coffee. <laughs> we tried. <laughs> we tried so hard. Oh, my uh, gosh. But, you know, we would have a day where we were just busting ass all day long. Like, I would even have to get out of my office and help, you know? Yeah. And – and we were working and working. We had a line of people and people were getting angry because they weren't getting their order fast enough. And we had to go orders. And it was just like, it was just supposed to be a little thing. And it ended up becoming like this really uh, big thing. And we were, we had so much media attention. Like the El Paso Times was constantly coming over and doing a story and they wanted to talk to me. And it was cool. Like they really, it, I think it really inspired a lot of people. And 
um, inspired a lot of people to, to do something there in El Paso, which typically has kind of a depressed attitude towards progress. Yeah. And, yeah. um, and I'm not saying that cause I'm, you know, I did this thing. It's just, that's what people have told me, you know, and, uh, and the memory still, still lives, even though it's been a long time since I, I moved out of El Paso, but so you don't have, so you don't have a storefront anymore, correct? No cafe. No, we stopped the cafe. It was, it was too much effort and I ended up selling it, um, right before I moved to Austin, the, the, the problem with the digital cafe project is that we produced a lot of really good, uh, outcomes from it. In fact, I have, I still communicate with a couple of the students that were in the program and they're like super successful. I'm not saying cause we did it, but, um, they, every time I've seen them, like I, I was in a, I was in a cafe in El Paso and I saw, I saw one of them and he sees and he comes over and he's like, he like credits the program and me for like, where his success was, which I'm like, no, you would have done it anyways. But it feels it feels good that you have an impact, even if it was just, you know, a small footprint. Um, but and I don't I don't think about that too much because it's like, um, I don't know. It, it it feels a little bit like you're patting yourself on your own back and your back. It's, I'm I'm glad I was able to do something, but I had a good time doing it too. You know. Yeah. I'm- um, so how, how have you seen Austin have a benefit or an impact on your business uh, where it is today? Well, you know, it, it was different. It was a fresh breath of air, you know, coming out here. And, I, you know, the grant money, that only lasted two years. And after that, uh, we had to sink or swim. So we started, we were already building sites for small mom and pop companies all the way up to some big multinational companies. Uh, companies that were located there in El Paso that had like their hubs, you know? So we were doing, we just started doing that full time, but the training kept coming towards us. You know, it's a low hanging fruit. Building a web application takes months Yeah, and lots of back and forth, a lot of manpower with training. If you have the right expertise and, you know, the right resources and the right personality for it, um, you're in, you train for two days, five days, and you're done. You're, there's no after meetings or post, you know, post process, you know, recaps or you know, redoing work or anything. So, um, you know, we we ended that the digital cafe project, and we just started doing web design, web development projects. The cafe was still running. I was tired of that, so I sold it. Uh, I sold that business, and. Actually, at the same time, I had a partnership with the uh, El Paso Public Libraries, and we were opening cafes in all of their locations. And I sold that too. I like I didn't want any more of that either. I was tired of the cafes, <laughs> and so, uh, so we had Louis Bright Cafe, and we had a chain of cafes called uh, Le Squirrel, Le Squirrel Cafe, and uh, they were all in the libraries. It was it was a cool project, but I sold all of that, and I had properties in 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 the Paso area that I was selling and getting rid of. It was like, remember back in the day where you have the space, the, the space shuttle and it was launching and there's like chunks of ice falling off and, and it finally, and there's a rocket boosters. Are That's what it felt yeah, like yeah. getting out of El Paso, man. And so, uh, and I had to move my family and, and I did it pretty much single handedly. I had to find a new house in Austin. I had to find a new location and everything. It just like, 
fell in my in place like it was like they say the universe is you know on your yeah. side with it yeah. felt like that and so it was very different to answer your question it was it was uh you know 2007 is when we moved out excuse me uh 2000 was it 2007 yeah 2000, jesus 2007 is when we moved out so the cafe project lasted four years yeah and uh and it felt like 20 years but it lasted four years well and uh it's interesting that that's kind of shut down now and uh you know in retrospect the uh the cafe is you know it sounds like it was a lot of work for you um but i feel like that's such a good idea for the austin area because everyone is so business centric and everyone's so tech focused and always looking to because i feel like a, a lot of people too relocated here during the pandemic um, when you were able to work from home and a lot of people still have those hybrid work from home type of positions. So, yeah. uh, I wonder how your business would have fared if you would have started the cafes in Austin versus over there in El Paso. And I wonder, um, you know, how much more profitable it would have been and, and, uh, you know, the longevity of that thing. Do you ever think about that at all? No, you're, uh, it's very, uh, uh, interesting that you say that because I had a friend who was actually he was a friend but he was one of my first employees <clears throat> he uh, he had told me that too he says do we have to open in El Paso the, the digital cafe project and I was like no but just the thought of going to Austin or Phoenix I was tell you the truth I was afraid I was scared to leave my comfort zone and so I opened it there, but no, I think it would have done significantly better out here because one of the biggest problems I had in El Paso was um, the lack of, of the forward thinking. The city was difficult to work with. Uh, one of the reasons why we closed down is because they had destroyed our street in front of our business. They had totally obliterated it. They had, we had a drawbridge. It felt like we were entering a pirate ship just get to the cafe, you know, mm. and, you know, stuff like that. You know, they wouldn't give me any tax abatement for that. Uh, we had problems with the HVAC system. Just like, just all this crap. Just like uh, jealousies, weirdness. Uh, at the time, actually, uh, Beto O'Rourke had his business across the street. It was called Stanton Street. And he would come in quite often. Uh, we, uh, we had uh, all sorts of kind of local celebrities that would come in all the time. So it was neat, you know, to have that kind of environment. We had an artist that did murals of of i'm in actually a mural uh that he had painted you know and uh, he ended up selling those or whatever but it was a really cool experience but and i loved that time it was really special um but i think moving doing it in austin would have been like doing it on mars you know what i mean I, it's just such foreign to me now i could i'd be like oh yeah i could do it here and you're here but back right. then i didn't know anything about austin so i was very scared to do that um and uh, that same friend I was telling you about that had asked me about, you know, could we have done it elsewhere? When I moved to Austin, he thought I was going to do the same thing, and he was really excited. Uh, but it was, I was kind of tired of that business. It was just, you know, you work really hard. We would bust butt for, you know, 8, 12 hours, and their total sales were like 650 bucks. And it's like, that's it? Really? We were selling food and coffee drinks at, at expensive prices. It just wasn't enough, you know. And so um, 
the training and the, the application development is a lot more lucrative. And so when we moved to Austin, we focused just on those things. And <clears throat> it was a lot more receptive, but uh, kind of the dream is was kind of gone. You know what I mean? It was, it was just work now. Uh, but it was uh, convenient for me because I had a young family and I needed to you know, be there for them. And the cafe takes up a lot of your time. You have to be there all the time. Right. Because uh, you know, it wasn't just like, oh, coffee or whatever. You run programs there. You run community programs. So we had programs for the elderly and, and programs for you know, children. And we had all sorts of programs, you know what I mean? That classes and stuff. It was just very, very, very busy. Um, and so, you know, I see people that run community activities and stuff. And I'm like, you know, hats off to you because it's so much work. And it's really heartbreaking when no one shows up. Yeah. Done all that effort, you know. Right. Or yeah, we see that. Yeah. yeah, we see that in our business too. <coughs> I'm sure you know. Uh, I work with your wife Jane. So, um, yeah. bless you, by the way. You know, going to open houses, knocking on doors, um, all of that type of stuff, ultimately can lead to nothing. But you have to go out there and continue to do it. And I, I. Uh, can just say I, I definitely empathize with that because you know it's it's really character building um, yeah. when you're kind of putting yourself out there and grinding when you don't know what the return actually looks like. Uh, no, so I definitely commend you for that. And in regards to Lumen Bright, what do you guys know? So no more cafe. What do we sell today? Um, what is kind of your the highlights of your your products and services? So I like telling the origin story because it's, it was kind of, you know, from nothing to something for sure. And I think, and I think we did something interesting, but, um, nowadays we focus on training and development. So we do uh, a large majority of our business is training and we're pretty close partnered with Adobe. So we train on their digital design products, such as for example, Photoshop or Premiere Pro or After Effects. We teach those classes uh, but we also teach their enterprise level products which most people have never heard of um, and we're one of the few companies in the world that actually teaches directly for their client base um, and so most of the students we have though are not individuals that want to become a video editor or whatever most of these people that come to us already have a job and so we work with uh, government, state government, maybe a design team that's part of the Air Force or the Navy or the Army, or work for uh, state agencies that have to get certain things done. We'll work for um, graphic design studios. You know, they'll come in with a bunch of designers that are already really smart, but they want to learn After Effects. And so that's why our classes aren't like, you know, $35 or whatever. The, the price point's a lot higher because they expect a lot more and we have to have really seasoned people in there that are at least at their level or greater and have a good personality as well as expert level qualifications that they can, you know, be liked and it's worth their time. And you can't go and do a training for a big corporation and be all noob about it. They're going to kick you out of there. You know what I mean? They don't want, they're not going to pay you. And so, you know, we've been, we've worked with some of the largest companies in the world 
Uh, in fact, we're working on a web portfolio for a client right now. And, and it's work that we've done over the past five years. And it's just like, I'm surprised because I didn't remember doing all this stuff. But, you know, we worked for like Accenture, which is one of the largest companies in the world. We worked on the healthcare uh, portals. We did all the web help systems for the healthcare portals for the healthcare.gov. We did the ones for the state run exchanges like uh, Utah and Kansas City and California. Uh, it's not very exciting, but we did that. And we did developer training for those people that built those systems. Um, you know, we've done uh, a lot of web applications still for, um, but we also do a lot of training. Uh, we do a lot of work with the US Air Force. They have uh, pilot training that they do. They put a 360 camera in their canopies and they record 360. We show them how to take that footage and actually make it into training courses. And so for the past uh, four years, we've done a lot of that work. And um, it, saves, it saves a lot of money because every time one of those planes, like a pilot goes up in a test plane, one of the trainer planes, Apparently, it costs about $20,000 in fuel costs for to fly around for an hour to an hour and a half. Imagine oh that. Oh, my gosh. And they're flying around all day long. I'm like, oh, my gosh. 20 grand? Oh. Yeah. I was just lighting money on fire. Literally. <laughs> literally. I'm like, oh. So, they're like, so we need this 360 training so we don't have to send them up in the air as much. Yeah, for so, sure. Yeah. So, we do a lot of that. Um, probably some of the most interesting companies we work for. Uh, are some of the big media companies like we did some work uh, for Disney Channel uh, in Burbank. Uh, we did some work for Comedy Central, and uh, that was pretty fun for uh, Sony Interactive. Uh, so we've done we do work for big companies, and um, but also for individuals sometimes that just they want to learn this stuff and they they don't know where to start. And it's like there's a bunch of online videos. It's like yeah, you can. I get that sometimes like, well, can I just YouTube this? Why do I need you? And I'm like, we well, can go for it. I, Heck, you can buy a book and you can learn all this. That's how I had to learn it. But it takes you forever. Like, and you do it wrong for so long and it's so intimidating. And I use this cheesy, it's kind of cheesy, but I use this cheesy analogy. I'm like, I'm like, okay. The way I think of it is, let's say you had to get to New York City from Austin, Texas. Would you like to walk there or would you like to take an airplane there? And they're like, well, airplane. I'm like, well, we're the airplane and you're going to pay a premium, but we're going to get you there and you're going to get to the airport. And what you do from that point is your business. If you get, you know, if you get mugged at that point, that's your business, you know, but we're going to get you there. Whereas if you're walking, you might not even leave home. And yeah. maybe you do walk and you quit and you just leave or, you, you know, and so a lot of times learning these programs is very intimidating. They're like, yes, there's a lot of resources. There always has been. There's always been a lot of resources. There's been some wonderful books written about these programs. There's help documents. There's that. They want you to know their programs. You know what I mean? But we offer that kind of unique thing that is hard to find nowadays, and that's that face-to-face -face interaction. We still have classroom labs, and we do online training. A lot of our training is still online, of course. But, uh, you know, it's with a live instructor, and, and we work real hard to make sure our instructors are, are really top-notch, you know, personality-wise. They're, they're cool to talk to and interesting. They have, you know, colorful backgrounds, but they're also seasoned at what they do, and they build things regularly. They're not just like an instructor that's all theory, you know what I mean? Yeah. So 
that's that's where our business is now. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, there, it's there's something to be said about, uh, and you see this recurring theme like throughout life. Um, there, you always need a mentor, a coach. Uh, you know, you can teach yourself to play the piano, but honestly, you really want to learn from the person that's put in the ten thousand hours and mastered the craft, and that way you can learn as as efficiently as possible and avoid the pitfalls that someone that has taken all the time and effort and made all the mistakes. Um, they've already made the mistakes and went through the gauntlet so that you can just strive and, and take the right steps properly. Um, so I totally get uh, why someone wouldn't want to just self-teach uh, themselves a skill or, or uh, a course when they can just go through your program and at the end of it, you know, they're going to be way more competent and spend yeah. way less time, which is a resource that, you know, we can never get back. Right. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, no. So that's awesome. Well, where, where can people, uh, I'm going to put it all in the description, um, on YouTube and in the, uh, Spotify and Apple descriptions, where can people, uh, learn more about Lumen Bright and, um, potentially, you know, become future customers for you. Sure. So just, uh, lumenbright.com. <clears throat> we have our own catalog up there. Our, uh, all of our classes have durations and schedules, uh, including pricing. We're very upfront about everything. Uh, so there's no, you know, even our competitors know our prices. Um, so, uh, which nowadays there's very few because yeah. most of them died out during COVID. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, not literally, but well, maybe yeah. literally. But oh, yeah, man. most of them, yeah, it was, it's hard to run physical training places. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And so we actually own the properties from a real estate standpoint because, you know, I know that's what oh, you that's do. Awesome. We, yeah. We own, we own our own properties. And so um, that's one of the benefits is that, you know, when hard times come, um, if you're leasing. Um, yeah, you just get really good. Yeah, you get kicked out. And that's a recurring expense versus, you know, owning the property. Then you're yeah. you're able to kind of get yourself out of a bind if you need to. Oh, yeah. And, and you can lease part of it off. Right. You know what I mean? And so uh, some of our locations, um, we don't pay anything for it because we have tenants. You know what I mean? It's, it's, a, net, it's a net cost. So it really helps us uh, during rough times. You know what I mean? Because we're, we're not a funded corporation. We don't have angel investors. We, we make our own money. Right. And so um, you have to be a lot more scrappy uh, to be able to, to do that. Because uh, I work with a lot of startups, and how I work with them is we'll train them custom skills that they need, and um, you know, not just we don't teach like Photoshop. We teach custom things that they need, and all of them are funded. And it's always about who are we going to ask for money for next? You know what I mean? And that's hard uh, because it, it kind of gives them that they're a little bit. Uh, reliant on the next funding source as opposed to being independent and being able to make their own money. Yeah. So, that makes sense. It's more difficult. Yeah, no, totally. Um, well, thanks for your time, Roman. It was a pleasure getting to learn more about your story and hear more about Lumen Bright. Um, like I said, I'll make sure to put everything in the description and uh, hopefully we can send some business your way and spread awareness to what you guys are doing. I think that's awesome. 
Um, so go Lumen Bright. Appreciate your time today. We'll have to do this again sometime. And I look forward to seeing you at the next happy hour. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much, Sebastian. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, no problem. You have a good day. Hey, you too. Take care now.